Welcome to another edition of IWTV Guide, your unofficial guide to what's on independentwrestling.tv. I'm Jerry J. Hawk Hawkins, and joining me as always, uh, the man who had Iron Sheik time to go fuck himself on his birthday, Charlie Butter. Happy birthday, Charlie. As we're recording this, obviously it's going to be the day after by the time it comes out, but... Thanks, man. <laughs> lots of uh, lots of birthday love today. It's been nice. Right, do we want to so, go ahead and get right into it? Because I really got nothing this week. Sure. Let, let's let's jump into what's on IWTV. Uh, let's see. Okay, so Tuesday, August fourth at eight p.m. Eastern, Freedoms presents June Kasai Produce Showcase twenty nineteen opening show. Wednesday, August 5th at 7 p.m. Eastern, Limitless Wrestling presents The Road Episode 2. Thursday, August 6th at 7 p.m. Eastern, C4 Wrestling presents The C4 Mixtape Volume 18. Thursday, August 6th at 8 p.m. Eastern, Beyond Wrestling presents All Hands on Deck. Friday, August 7th at 7.30 p.m. Central, St. Louis Anarchy, Spirit of Spalding Hall, Block A. Friday, August 7th at 8 p.m. Eastern. So they're going to be dueling streams this week. ICW No Holds Barred, Volume 4. Saturday, August 8th at 8 p.m. Eastern. ICW No Holds Barred, Volume 5, Deathmatch Circus. Sunday, August 9th at 7 p.m. Eastern, Big Japan Pro Wrestling, January 2nd, 2019. And Sunday, August 9th at 9 p.m. Eastern, Pure J Climax 2018. Go so, work of kick day, you got nine different shows from eight different promotions. A lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of people cut the flavor you get on independentwrestling.tv, and then why we come out here and push them every week. Yeah, there's a, a lot of different content and a lot of live shows coming up this weekend. I'm excited for ICW and St. Louis Anarchy. That's awesome. It'll be fun to, to have some live wrestling to, to check out. And, and last I heard, I built the butcher with actually schedule for the ICW No Hold Bard show, which I, I'm really kind of interested in how that wind up going. Well, because you're not on Twitter very much, I, I hate to break it to you, but he has canceled. I kind of figured it was coming, but. Uh, but they have replaced him. Did they came with like, who? Would you like to know who? I would like to know who. Uh, New Jack. Oh, shit. <laughs> yes. So New Jack will be in attendance for the Deathmatch Circus. So Also, Eddie Kingston won't be there. Uh, he's going to be replaced as well. Um, obviously, you know, with his signing, which congratulations, Eddie. Uh he's not going to be able to commit to that show. Um, trying to think there's some other news that we need to talk about. Oh yes. Uh, I, I bought two tickets to black label pro welcome back a wrestler story. And I'm going to that. So I'm excited for that. I know you're very angry at me right now. I am very angry at you right now. I, I- I can't say too much. We were actually planning on going to the IPW show next weekend, and unfortunately, something changed in my situation where we just couldn't make that happen. I'm glad I right. still get to go to some live wrestling. 
But yeah, I'm I'm coming up on Kick Monk without live wrestling, and you're going to be fucking going to a show, and I'm kind of pissed. Yeah, so there's two shows that day. Uh, there's one at like I want to say eleven o'clock in the morning, uh, which will be. I think it's 11 their time. I don't know. We'll, we'll discuss it next week in more specifics. However, the we're back. A wrestler story will be the one that I'm attending. It's the evening. Um, on okay, the so, flyer for it. Just, just real quick here. Uh, that that uh, first show is 1130 AM Central. That's Eric Steven bringing in professional wrestling. And then 6 PM Central, Kevin Eastern is we're back a wrestler story. Right. Yeah, I, I can scroll down on the schedule as well and read that. I was just saving it for next week, so I, smart ass. But okay, you're going to be replicating IWTV Guide at the We're Back show. I'm trying to plug it. I'm sorry. I'm going to be representing two brands there. Actually, uh, not only our show, but uh, I also have a wrestling cheer shirt that I'll be wearing at that show. So. I'm uh, trying to get us a uh, dual sponsored uh, by Big Starks brand. So, you know, look out for that. Hopefully that happens. You know, get a picture with the flag, you know, got to get sponsored. Uh, but on this on this flyer that they have here, uh, the, the the people that are on this flyer have me really excited. And then the, one of the, the matches that they just announced today have me really excited. So on the flyer, we, of course, have Dan Housen, uh, which is just wonderful. Trey Lamar. Ethan Page, Effie, Jake Something, Kylie Ray, The Besties in the World, Christian Blake, Wheeler Yuta, Joshua Bishop, and Dan the Dad. And the match that was just announced today is Chris Masters against Jake Something. Yeah. Which is, holy shit, a very interesting match. And uh, I can't wait to see what else we get. I believe Danhausen and Ethan Page were supposed to defend the tag titles against Besties in the World, so that I believe is also a possibility. Um, I'm super excited for that. I'm super excited I get to see Effie. Of course, we'll talk about Effie some more here shortly when we get into our GCW review. Um, but I'm I'm super excited I get to go to the show. Uh, one of my favorite things is uh, my road trips with Justin every year uh, when we take one out to Black Label Pro and we get the delicious, 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 delicious chocolate cake shake from Portillo's. And that's going to happen. So I'm I'm very excited for that. Okay. Well, I guess we should get into the review. And this week we're going to Game Changer Wrestling, GCW Lights Out from July 21st, 2019, uh, from Bateman East in Nashville, Tennessee, the home of Southern Underground Pro. It felt really weird watching the show at Bateman East because they had the actually really well lit and Southern Underground Pro show. Uh, I intentionally don't like the building up that well. So that, so I, I really didn't recognize it at first, even, even though they were hammering home with the gameplay. I think they use a different camera setup. It's set up in a different uh, way. I think the camera's usually set up facing a different direction, so that kind of threw it off, too. You're not used to looking at the direction that it was set up, so that it felt like a slightly different building because of the way the setup was. At least to okay. me, it did. Yeah, well, this was also the Smart Mark video team filming this one, and not the usual team, too. 
Right. Will that make a difference? Right. So that was different. Um, I know the, the the big thing that we both really touched on when we were texting each other yesterday while I was watching the show, uh, the commentary. So let's let's get the negative stuff out of the way first before we dive into all the fun stuff that we did enjoy. Uh, no, the commentary. Got... No, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. The commentary was just. Look, I like Joey Janelle as a wrestler. I think he's awesome as a wrestler. But commentary is not his bag. I mean, there were moments where him and Kevin Gill flowed pretty well, and it didn't interrupt what I was watching in the ring. But a vast majority of what I was watching was interrupted by them either bickering, trying to get over their stupid jokes, or trying to figure out what the hell happened in the ring like they weren't paying attention and missed a big spot. It just... It was messy. They didn't have information that they should have. They, it was just not professional, and I didn't like it. And it took I, away from the show as a whole. Yeah, I find with Kevin Gill that Kevin Gill is really good when he's working with somebody who really cares about the product and is really trying to put everything over. And he's really bad when he's working with somebody like Janela who's spending more time putting himself over than the, than the actual product. Yeah, I'm not yeah. going to... And what frustrates me mo- the most about Janela is Janela did commentary on AEW Dark not too long ago. And he did a pretty good job of it. He was paying attention to the product and putting the product over, and he wasn't telling stupid jokes trying to get himself over. And he wasn't bad-mouthing the other fucking promotion that he used to work for because he, got, he felt underpaid or some garbage. Okay, yeah. So... Well, this could have been a really good comedy team if they would have given a shit, but... I, I won't speak for Kevin Gill, but Janela felt like it, he didn't give a shit. Yeah, it just... After, like, I want to say halfway through the show, it got to the point where they finally calmed down enough or started, like, flowing together enough that it wasn't unbearable, and I just kind of... It went into the background while I was watching the show, and it didn't really bother me too much what, what they were saying. But, like, for the first half of the show, it was just really... It was really rough, and I feel like... We, we also reviewed uh, both of the Wombat shows, and those were both in the same fashion. Like, yeah, okay, those shows are a little bit more tongue-in-cheek, so they're going to be a little bit more out there with them. But this was like they started off on that same path of just like being really out there and, and dropping F-bombs and just being really annoying. And then they finally just like settled down and... Like, like they got tired and they're just like, oh, I guess we should just call the show like normal now. And then it was fine. So I don't know what, what was going on there. It just, it was, it was very glaring and very annoying. Um, I knew it was going to but, be a train wreck when the show starts with Janela cutting a promo, bad mouthing Jim Cornette. And like the first thing he said when he gets to the commentary booth is they don't have any fucking white claw. I had to get a, I had to get a pack. I'm like, who cares? I don't give a fuck what you're drinking. Well, I know you're a cornet guy, so that kind of I saw as soon as I saw that, I was like, "Oh, oh, this is how this is gonna be." You so know, I kind of like ch- he doesn't like cornet. I expect a, I expect him to get a shot in a cornet at this point. I'm kind of I'm I'm glad he got it out of the way early. It was also from a year ago too, so it was, there was a lot more like cornet was still with NWA at the time. There was a lot more going on with all that, so I mean, we are a year removed from all this, right? But so I mean. It, it is what it is. 
Um, but enough about that. Let's jump into the matches because all these matches were really fucking good. And uh, they were a lot of fun. And some of them specifically, like, if I would have seen this uh, and not been a cheap ass and, and not and, and ordered this show instead of just waiting for it to be up on on here or, you know, whatever. Uh, there's some matches here that I think would have been on my top list for, like, top matches of the year. Um, or at least top moments of the year for last year, so... Okay, let's go ahead and get it started. We've got Blake Christian against KTB to open up the show. Which is Blake Christian's debut with GCW. Um, hell of a first-time opponent for him with KTB. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's some real wild shit in here. Uh, Blake obviously shows that he can go and that he belongs. Uh, what What notes do you got on it? I got a ton of notes on this one here. So well, pick your pick your favorites. We don't have to <laughs> blow by blow it, but pick your favorites out of it. Okay, so like first thing right up right up right off the start is KTP threw Christian into the air vent above the ring. That was like the second or third <laughs> spot in the match. <laughs> yep. Yeah, a bunch a bunch of near fall. Uh, uh, nice little spot. KTP actually tied Christian to a garlic knot. And Christian, while tied in the garlic knot, find a way to hit a springboard stunner, which is just fucking great athletic income. I love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a spot where uh, KTP tried to throw Christian into the support beam on the floor, and Christian blocked it, turned into a Rana. Uh, we get the door early. We get the door in this match. First match, and we've already got the door coming into play. Leads to a great finish. Christian uh, avoids the move, hits a springboard DDT onto the apron. Keenan Canton through the door, then a springboard 450 back in the ring for the pin in 1038. They're great shit, and I actually wrote down, is there anything left for the rest of the show to do? So, there was some dives right off the rip that, you know, I I hate, like, multiple dives in the first match because it's like, it's the first match. I know you want to get the crowd going, but... Like you said, is there going to be anything left for anybody to do after you do the stuff in the first match? Um, my biggest thing, like I, this kind of goes back to commentary, but it's not just them. Like I've multiple companies have done this and it makes me laugh every time it comes up. When commentary tries to put over a move as a finish, when there's an unbroken door sitting in the corner of the <laughs> ring, uh, we know that's not the finish. That door has to be broken once it's been brought out. I almost never have seen a door be brought out and not be used in at some point else during the match. So why are you trying to sell me that this move is going to finish it before that happens? Cause it's never happened. I'm sorry. It just, at least in my experience, it's never happened. I feel like at this point you should just be like, Oh, he attempted a pin, but you know, let's, let's be kind of smart here. There's a, they've got that door in the ring for a reason. It's not just for a spot for them to put a door in the ring and then not use it, which Please, for the love of God, somebody start doing that. Bring things into the ring that aren't going to get used. It's not going to hurt anybody's feelings if it doesn't get used. It's going to throw everybody off because when the mat, the pin actually happens and something didn't get used, they're going to be like, whoa, wait, wait a second. What? And it's going to be more surprising. So just saying, like, please. Yeah, it, yeah, it, doesn't have to, it doesn't have to be every show. It doesn't even have to be every, every two or three shows. Just once in a while, throw that bone in there. 
at least we can start thinking in our head, okay, maybe the it get because they've done this before. Right. Okay, from there, we get three of my favorite tag teams in the entire business in a three-way match. The Carney, the Reject, and Violent and Forever. And I don't have a lot of notes on this one. This was basically legalized chaos and all kick guys and out of the ring doing a bunch of creaky shit to each other. These guys were doing fucking dive. Like, I didn't, you wouldn't expect any of these guys to do dive. They, they were doing dive. Man, I well, felt bad for Dominic Garini's legs with these wooden chairs getting thrown into his shins and shit. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Tons of weapons, tons of chairs. I think I think four of the kicks were bleeding before it was over. There's a lot of blood. We had, uh, Dom get pinned with an gifted destroyer through a door that was over top of some chairs for the pin. I didn't, don't remember the opening bell actually ringing for this one. Well, I don't have a time on it, but it had to be it had to be coming like the thirteen to fifteen minute mark. Okay. Yeah, a lot of fun, just absolute chaos. Yeah, it was uh, pretty wild. Come on, man, we're supposed to be professionals now. I thought I turned that. Well, I thought I turned that off. I'm sorry. It's off now. Okay. Yeah, this was just a wild, crazy brawl, and then like the finish was awesome. The powerbomb Canadian destroyer combo on Dom uh, definitely looked like it killed him. Thank God I've seen Dom recently, so I know he's not dead. Because <laughs> holy shit, that was that was pretty crazy finish. And uh, yeah, it doesn't look like uh, the Rejects have gotten their title match because they're not the champs yet, and the other team still hasn't been defended the belts here in the U.S. Uh, since yeah, like two years ago. So yeah, well, I mean the champ the champions right now are Miedo Extremo and Kiklope. And of course, with COVID, they can't get into the United States to defend them. But most of their defense can have been in Mexico and in Japan even before well, that. They, no, they can they can get into the states. It's just that you know they don't want to defend those belts because they know they're going to lose them. So, so currently, currently going to look into the reject if the reject ever get their rematch, which they've been waiting two years for at this point. Yeah, it's going to be uh, a wild craziness spectacle when they get that rematch and finally get those belts back. So I, I personally offered that we send Mance Warner and Matthew justice after them. That That's just me kind of throwing it out there that I think those two guys could go get the, the belts back for us, but then the reject can take on Manker and Matthew justice. And I'll be fucking awesome too. Yep. So, you know, that, that was just my call because second gear crew. So, you know, what do we have next? Uh, what we have next, Orange Cassidy versus Effie. Oh, my God, yes. This match, man. Oh, my God. It, I got so many feelings on this match. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I would go toward when I call this match on the lineup. You know I'm not a fan of Orange Cassidy stick, but I love Effie. Yeah, because like, yeah, like, okay, I'll wait to get it played out. I like the lot. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I absolutely loved it. Um, everything they did, like Orange put his hands in his pants, Effie put his hand in his trunks. Uh, it was just 
It was beautiful. Orange took the drink of the orange juice. Effie sucked it out of his mouth. Uh, <laughs> there was just there was just so much fun stuff in this match. I loved yeah, it I, so much. Effie take off orange cackling glasses, and the crowd start chanting, "You fucked up." They they do it. They're doing some wrestling. Effie ends up putting his hands in Cackley's pockets, and the crowd start chanting, "You sick fuck." <laughs> no, man, the, yeah, crowd the, crowd, made a, the crowd made this match a good, a good one too. Which was yes, absolutely. They they were definitely a third participant, and if the when the crowd plays along like this, it it is wonderful. And with both these guys, you know, the crowd was gonna do that. So like, I could feel it in the air. Like when when Effie was coming out, I got real hyped. I'm like, oh my god, this is gonna be so much fucking fun, and. Uh, just the way just everything felt going into it. It was electric just watching this and it was so fun. Oh, I loved it so much. This was, this is comedy wrestling done right. And it was done very, very well. And I, I applauded very much. This was so much fun. And I love that the finish really kind of fit into orange cactus gimmick too, but they're doing a theory of leg sweep. Leg sweep, not a difficult move to do. And it can going for the cover and getting two. And then finally, every hit with a leg sweep, hook the leg and get the three. So, Cackley perceived leginess, but he's not really trying because he doesn't really care about the component, and could cost them the match. Like, actually, a yes. brilliant finish. Yes, because he did not hook the leg. So, it's, it's, yeah, it's great. After and the then. Match, Effie put Orange Cackley over, asked him out for a cup of coffee. Cackley seemed to accept. Yes. So, Effie even got a date out of the deal. Yeah, so that's that's how you how you wrap up that match, man. It was perfect. It's wonderful. That would be like I said, I was saying earlier. That could have been on my top matches of the year last year if I would have seen that and not been a cheap ass and not and and, and you know if I would have ordered that on fight, that would have been probably one of my top matches of the year because that was so much goddamn fun. Yeah, I would not have gone that far with it, but it was a lot of fun. <laughs> hey, man. Every good match doesn't have to be a 12-star classic in the Tokyo Dome. It can always be <laughs> a 10-minute fun little match like that, and it, it can do, you know, it can hang with anything else out there, in my opinion, if it's done right. Yeah, and not every kickstar match has to have Kenny Omega in it. This is true as well. I got some heat because I called the uh, Omega Page Young Bucks match overrated. How can you call it overrated? That match was one of the best matches I've ever seen. I'm like, wasn't even the best match on the show. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sorry, I wasn't. Anyway, enough about you know that corporate wrestling. Let's get back to our indie wrestling. And this next one's a lot of fun as well. We've got Rich Swan against Tony Deppen. And I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna say for the second week in a row, somebody come to the ring to all night long by Lionel Richie. They should win the fucking match. I I was curious if you were gonna follow up with that because when I heard the music, I was like, oh, Jared really likes this song. I bet he should think Rich Swan's gonna should win this match because of it. So that's that's great that uh, you get that uh, that follow up there. So that's good. Yeah. I I honestly like. I was still in the glow of the, the, the Orange Cassidy Effie match going into this, so it took me a little bit to get into the match. But once I did, this match was really fun. 
Okay, the the story they started to tell I really liked, and they got away from it pretty quickly. Because it starts off where Deppin just wants to have a wrestling match. He doesn't want to do the fork entertainment. He doesn't want to do the playing to the crowd. Because, like, at one point, they teague a dance-off, and he's not going to have luck. And I'm getting Cactus Jack ECW heel turn vibe with it. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as I get, as soon as I get those vibes, they start fighting in the crowd, Devin leaves the building and comes back in with one of those electric scooters. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, that was the entire story of the match right there. So that took me out of it a little bit, and it took me a little bit to get back into it after that. Once they got once they were done with the with the spot with the scooters, this was really freaking good. I've got a ton of notes here, and I'm trying to kind of pick and choose what I talk about here. Okay. Yeah, most of most of my most of my notes are the blow by blow, and I don't want to do too much of that. I want people to go back and watch the show and feel like they've got something to watch. Right. But great, a great finishing sequence, though. Get uh, Swan hitting a handspring cutter, follows that up with a Mishinoku driver for two. Ego for a Phoenix Flash and misses, and Deppin hit him with a knee to the back for the pin. I got 16 minutes and 42 seconds for the time, which is the longest match of the show. Really good stuff. Again, once they got back in the ring after the stuff with the scooter, this was really good. I wish, I really wish they would just kept with the story that they started telling instead of getting away with, getting away from it. I liked at the end that Deppin rode back out on the scooter after he won. Did you not write that down? Because that happened. <laughs> I missed it, honestly. I didn't catch it. Yeah. After he won, he got out, jumped on the scooter, and rode off. <laughs> well, I mean, it's one of those deals where you got to put the credit card into it. Because, like, he's already paid for it. He might as well just get you out of it. <laughs> oh, man. That's hilarious. I never knew the thing could get it until Calf Park had an episode about those, like, two years ago. Yeah, I feel like that was like all of a sudden a thing that came out last year that those things existed, and then all of a sudden they were everywhere. Like I saw, like they were in uh, the there was a plot they were used as a plot device in Shameless from like a couple years ago, and like all kinds of different stuff. Like all of a sudden it was like a big thing, like they existed, and I'm like, oh, that's just what we get for living where we live. That's just not a thing for us. <laughs> Okay, go from there. We go to a triple threat match. It starts well, out like it starts yeah. out like it's going to be Matthew Justin against Matt Warner, but then and, some unfamiliar music hits, and out comes Brett Eichen. And I got fucking chills, dude. I knew this happened, and I still got fucking chills when the crowd popped when it was Eisen. I still got chills, and I got hyped as shit for this. No, realistically, Brett Eichen, a Southern Underground Pro guy, he's their guy. This yes. Is home building. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. So the crowd immediately pick up on who he is because they know who he is and they go nuts for it, and it makes the match much better right from the start. Manfred and Eichen are doing a headbutt battle really early into the match. Justice somehow duck a coast to coast drop kick without killing himself on the vent on top. Like I don't know how he did it. And he, like, turned his body in midair to avoid the, d- the duck to still hit the move. Like, it, I, it was amazing. Second gear, baby. We, we, get, we go out to the floor. 
the fans kind of becoming part of the match whether they want to or not. Be a, the guy could doing plancha and just knocking fans down with them. Yeah, and then they get used as uh, launching pads for Mance Warner and uh, Matthew Justice at certain points. <laughs> this is the point that commentary is really starting to bug me because I've got a I've actually got a note here that there's way too much talk about Joy Janela's dick on this show. I don't remember. I think at this point I started tuning it out. Yeah. Okay, there was, there was, somebody got hit with somebody got hit with a low blow and they talked about a broken deck and that was Joey Janela excuse why it couldn't work. Yeah. So they spent like five minutes after that spot talking about Joey Janela's deck. It's like, stop. Call the fucking match. They start bringing the doors into the ring. We get the best line Joey Janela had ever had in any show ever. GKW love doors like Marty Jannetty love core. That's that line, a, that's that a fair assumption. Great. Yeah, it's a fair assumption. Uh, Justin Fit had a combination of chair and door and like, like he's boating an erector cut. Four gets to be used. Manson starts hitting him with chair shots. They're going to. They're starting to set up a superplex spot up top. I can come in and actually hit the German suplex and call three of them through the contraption that Justin got up. Justin and Mansker are shattering chairs over each other's heads. Finally, it's Eichen hitting Justice with Street Justice. Warner catching Eichen with the Shining Wigard and pinning Justice in 13 minutes. Again, great shit. Yes. I do want to know why the finish wasn't them going through that fucking erector cut contraption, though. Like, maybe they, uh, maybe they thought better of it. I don't know. It's just some of those, some of those spots like that. If you're going to do the spot, make them to finish, or don't do them. I mean, hey, do you remember when Justice and uh, Mance? Uh, wrestled at AIW and they had the double table out of the corner with the pile driver and that wasn't the finish and, and I think did, I bitched about it then too and they did a Death Valley driver through a table on the outside of the ring and uh, they got the person back in the ring and I still don't think that was the finish I think it was something real simple that was the finish <laughs> so I mean sometimes they gotta have a quite a few falsies you gotta, you gotta PWG it up there Okay, now I now I've seen the spot a million times, but I've never actually seen the match in its entirety. I don't think when Justin and Bishop went off the went off the balcony at the Odeon, was that like immediately to finish once they got back in the ring, or did they do more shit? There was no getting back in the ring at that point. Okay. Uh, I believe the uh, what was it? Uh, Wes Barkley came out and put Bishop arm over justice okay. the three. so yeah technically that was the yes yeah, so that was the finish there was nothing else that happened after that and then they were carried off so okay and I'm fine with that I mean there's some stuff you just can't follow up on no you're absolutely right but you know if they want to try I guess, I guess let's, uh, entertain let's, me let's see what happens <laughs> Let's do a pile driver off the balcony through three flaming tables and kick out and end it with a roll up. And don't yeah. tell me somebody hasn't thought of that finish. 
Anyway, that that's where intermission came. We hit the second half of the show. We've got a Kevin Wake Gramble, Shane Merker, Alec Gain, Logan Stunt, JJ Garrett, the one called Mander, Alley Cat, and AJ Gray. So I liked at the beginning of this match when they all like attempted to beat up on Shane Mercer. And then like Shane Mercer started taking them all out and AJ Gray just kind of bided his time behind him and then fucking hit him with a dirty lariat (laughs) and actually dropped him. That got me. I was like, yeah, that was good shit. I love AJ Gray. Yeah, go Mercer real early, belly to belly, Garrett uh, nearly threw him out of the ring with the belly to belly. We get a bunch of dive. Then Mercer guards Logan does Stunt. Belly to belly does Logan belly. Stunt. Yeah. <laughs> he actually does belly to belly Logan Stunt completely out of the ring. Yes, he does. <laughs> Which is a sight to behold. Let me tell you, I uh, I popped real big for that. Watching that, that was that was real good shit. They're gonna, yeah, once Logan Stunt recovered from that, it's actually kind of a unique uh, curve spot he does to gain onto a chair. Or like gained by kind of holding on to the, you know, kind of like tied under the rope. Mm-hmm. God, that was kind of a neat spot. I didn't take a lot of notes after that because Dean Geiger was just doing way too much shit to try to keep notes and watch the match. Right. What the fuck was that Kamoa drop Merker did, though? Like, yeah, I, mean, I, I think... don't even know how to explain how he got into that position. It looked sweet. Like, I don't yeah. even know how to explain how he got in that position. But it's like, like natu- there's no natural motion that should have made that work, and it worked. Yeah, I don't know how or what he thought it was supposed to be. I mean, obviously, it didn't land just how he wanted it, but it landed pretty close to how he wanted it. That was pretty wild to see. Um, you're talking about the where he did, like, the Simone drop and the, the kick, the Van Daminator? Yeah. Yeah, that was that was I don't I don't know how to call that, what to say about that. That was just uh Yeah, I mean, holy crap. Like that dude's some his stuff is very innovative and uh relies on his strength and it's kind of scary. He's got some scary strength. Merker ends up getting the win. He pinned Garrett coming off the middle rope with a fallaway power slam. Flipping power slam. I think Gockdiner called it a tabletop suplex, whatever you want to call it. Really nicely done, really good move. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Merger impressed me here. All right, so from there we get a death match with Jimmy Lloyd and Marcus Crane. They actually did some wrestling move early on in the match, which really threw me off. <laughs> Well, they start with wrestling, but but it, but it always goes downhill from there. It, what threw me off with it, though, is like they already had weapons in the ring before it started to signify with a death match, and mm-hmm. then kind of do some wrestling anyway. Like, you're already shit in the ring. No, oh, you know. It's like how you do all the death match stuff, and then the finish of the match is a roll up. <laughs> well, well, luckily they didn't go through. Luckily they didn't do that, but. Finished with Lloyd driving Crane through a door for the pin. Five minutes and 55 seconds. This was the shortest match of the card. It was a death match. That's pretty wild. Yeah, I didn't know. I, I thought maybe I just wasn't paying attention that much and it was just that short, but, uh, or, you know, that it was, you know, 10 minutes or whatever. But if it was really only five minutes, damn, okay. Yeah, no, it was, it was just that short. 
It might have been a timing thing because this show was kind of running. I mean, with how much stuff was on here, it seemed like it was kind of uh, kind of long. So running kind of long. Yeah. Well, the the feed we have here is two and a half hours, and that's with a lo- and that's with a lot of stuff cut out between matches and things like that, like with the intermission cut out. Well, right. you know, they went three hours or longer on the live on the fight TV feed when they had it. So yeah, this match didn't need to be anything too special. So five minutes, I mean. What wasn't miserable to watch? This this would be the only match that I would say I wasn't a fan of, and that's just because, especially with them starting off with the chain wrestling like that, there's they not enough not enough meat for what they were going for. I I didn't think, but but I'm not sure I would have liked it if it went much longer than that either. No, you didn't have your ghoul hat on, and you just wanted to get to the Tracy Smothers match. I know. I'll give the point. That was the point of the show. I was getting tired and really didn't want to finish watching the show, but I knew I had to get it done. Okay, so, but that does lead us to our semi-main event, and it is Tricky's mother with his daughter, Jackie Bell's mother, taking on Spider Nate Webb. You know, Tricky's mother comes out. He does his usual entrance. Nate Webb is trying to do his usual en- his usual entrance, and Tricky's mother tells him to cut the music. This is the one time Joey Janelle and I agreed on the entire show. You don't cut off teenage dirtbag. What the fuck are you doing? Right. And the weird part was, and Janela and I started singing along to the song right about the same point, too. <laughs> like, I think I was like one line before Janela started. Like, what the hell? And then, at least uh, like, we both like Teenage Dirtbag. We have something in common. And then Janela was, was very adamant that he was going to sleep with Tracy Smothers' daughter, so. Yeah, so Tracy Smothers is still gold on the mic. He, yeah, he he does he cuts a pretty good promo. So he does he does his usual stick. Yeah, if, if, if yeah, if I hear Tracy Scott, Tracy Scott, everybody dies. Mega Mac homicide. He ends up cutting a promo on Joey Janela and tells Janela at one point you could you could turn Enzo babyface, which I popped huge for, which I popped huge for. Janela comes in. He look. He acts like he's gonna fuck Jackie Bell's mother. He actually starts taking the pants off to where he's down to his boxers. Like I get way too much talk of Joey Janela's dick on this show. The right. match itself is nothing special, but it's not going to be because of Tracy's mother. He's gonna do his stuff and get out. Right. Jackie Bell low blow, low blow Nate. Mother hit Nate with a tree branch. I don't know how he got the tree branch, but hit him with the tree branch. Went for the cocky cover. Webb counted into the crucifix for the pin. Bell to bell was only 5 minutes and 58 seconds, but it was probably about 15, 20 minutes between entrance and promo. Yeah, there was a, a lot of talk going on during this, and that's why I was just kind of sitting there. I'm like, oh, man, I bet going from the whole fuck cornet thing at the beginning and then getting the Tracy Smothers cutting his promo, and I was like, I bet Jared's at least really enjoying this part of it. They, the only thing I didn't like about this, I kind of touched on it before we start recording. It's a good thing that I know Jackie Bell's mother is like a kayfabe daughter. Because, because incest is best, incest is best, got really uncomfortable. <laughs> and from there, we have our main event. For the GTW Heavyweight Championship. The champion, MDK, all fucking day, Nick fucking Gage. Taking on... Marco done. In what was supposed to be his last GCW match, because in like two months, uh, AEW was starting up, so they weren't gonna 
be able to wrestle for indies anymore. So that's kind of what they kind of build it up as. So this match is mostly Nick Gage on offense, which is fine. Marco does gain advantage, and actually, when they're fighting on the floor, it's mostly Marco stunt with the advantage on the floor. Yeah, which I'm not going to fit. Which I'm not going to lie. Kind of threw me off a little bit because <laughs> I mean, you think of going to turn into a brawl and they're going to be fighting on the floor. It's going to be Nick Gage taking advantage of it. But no, it's, yeah, Marco stunt utilizing you know, utilizing his surrounding, getting you know, getting the advantage. You can yeah, you, know, you can get speed. You can the stage get some elevation things like that. We do at one point get Logan Stunt getting involved. Wind up being Gage getting the pin in 941. I don't know if I would have main evented this show with this match. I get it, the title match, and I'm a big component of the title match going on last. And I get Marco had a hack a following, so he's seen by that audience like a main event guy. But this would just not work like a main event, especially when there's so much good shit on the first half of the card. I thought it was fine for what it was like. It didn't have to be anything super special. I like I said, like you start off so hot with some of these cards that they either peter out at the end or people are just worn out by the end. And I think that's part of the hardest part of, you know, promoting is lining that card up just right so that the crowd has its, you know, cool down periods and then it's getting hot again periods and amping it up for the main event. But Every every company suffers from it. There's no company that's immune to that being a thing. Like I feel like, and I don't personally have an answer to to how to specifically book it perfectly. So, I mean, it's unfortunately just one of those things that sometimes it suffers that way. Like I mean, this crowd seemed hot for most everything on the show, and it didn't really seem to affect it. But I mean, they they did what they did in the main event. It didn't have to be anything crazy for me. Uh, you know for it to be a decent match. so Because at this point, nobody really thought Marco could take the belt. Like, nobody was taking the belt from Gage for at least, you know, another six months. So, no, maybe it was less than that. Yeah, and, even if, and even if you thought Marco had a shot, you know he's kind of with AEW. Go right away, go right away that you're, you've got, you've got, you figure he's got little to no chance. At that point of winning it, being King already got the contract. Yeah, uh, I think that's a lot. I think that's a lot of it too. Yeah, I mean the crowd seemed into it. Yeah, I, I'll give the crowd credit. The crowd was hot for mo- for almost everything. Yeah, I mean it was. I mean Basement East is always a hot crowd. So this reminded me of one of those WCW pay per views in the nineties, though, where the undercard is really hot and the and the second half of the card is just going through the motion. And I'm not saying that these guys were going through the motion to the second half of the card. They weren't. But I, I think you're right. I think it was a time factor. I think they were trying to rush through some of the second half of the show to make sure they got done by whatever time they had to get done by. Right. All right. So I don't think I have to ask you this question, Charlie, but what was your favorite match of the show? Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Effie and Orange Cassidy. Yeah, I had a feeling that, I had a feeling that's where you're going with it. <laughs> Close second is the triple threat uh, with Manser and Ison and Justice. I've I've got 
I've got I've got Tracy Smothers and Nate Webb as my favorite match because I love that old school Mike work shit. Of course, of course. Like that does that. Yeah, I I could have guessed that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, and and, 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 and I'll be honest and say that the match itself is okay. Like it, it, it it's good for what it is. It's not a great match, but you taking that whole package and it, the whole thing's great. I've also got that triple threat match at a close second. If I go purely by the matches, by the, how the match went bow to bell, I'm going with that triple threat. Mm-hmm. That's how close it is. Overall, thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle. Oh, I'm going to give it a thumbs up uh, this week. This show is really great. And uh, they have a lot of their stuff from last year slowly starting to, to trickle out to uh, independentwrestling.tv. So it's fun to go back and watch those matches and, and see stuff, you know, from, from last year and, and how things kind of were going back then compared to where we're at right now. So definitely uh, thumbs up. What about you? Thumbs up, thumbs in the middle, thumbs down. Think an easy thumbs up. Like I, I okay. like I, I honestly think it's one of those shows where there there's something for everybody. You've got some good wrestling, you've got some high flying, you've got your scramble madness, you've got your comedy, you've got your hardcore. Like there's this show is one of those you can't find something on the show you like. I don't know if you can call yourself a wrestling fan type of show. Right on, right on, absolutely. Uh, and as a reminder, uh, you can always subscribe to independentwrestling.tv. Uh, use the code GAMECHANGER for five free days. Jared, you got any plugs before we uh, wrap this up? Okay, just uh, just the Twitter and the things like that. And follow me on Twitter at PWCritique. Facebook and Instagram at Jayhawk1539. Uh, I am suspending the Twitch stream for a month or so to do some things I've got going on. But you can follow me at Twitter, twitch.tv forward slash TFMJHawk when I get those started up again in September. And uh, please check out our podcast friends, Wrestling Cheers, Pod Van Dam, the Super Fantastic Podcast, At Odds with Wrestling, the Spotlight Series, and its Evolution Baby. And I'm adding a new one this week, Happy Hour with Steve Guy. Uh, there's an audio-only version available on podcasts, and then there's also a YouTube show. Please check it out. Steve Guy's awesome uh he's he's hilarious check it out also check out our non-podcast friends good company in cleveland ohio and smoke and jay's barbecue and you can find me on twitter and instagram at charlie underscore butters and you can find this podcast on twitter and instagram at iwtv guide before i get into everything else i do want to say we're going to have a special guest next week jared please please do the reveal all right, so our very special guest next week from one of our friends of the show, one of our podcast friends, Pod Van Dam. It will be Ed from Pod Van Dam, the three-time former FMW WEW Hardcore Champion. Yes, he will. He will be here. Uh, we're going to be watching some Japanese independent wrestling that he chooses for us. I am less than thrilled, but I'm excited to uh, check it out. So. What, where this will be fun is we, we know Ed loves the Japanese wrestling. So no matter what we think of it, we will have a positive viewpoint. It won't be a negative show. <laughs> right, and it's just, it's going to be so much fun. I can't wait to to see how, how this goes with him. <laughs> All right, everybody. Stay safe. Black lives still matter. Wear a mask. If you see us out, no handshakes, no high fives, just deep soul kisses. Talk to you later, everyone.
Just so good at being in trouble Spending my days out in the ghetto Mama say that I need to be careful Going downtown on the Blue Line Metro Car overheated and I can't afford a rental Broke down Chevrolet sitting on Central Turning up my headphones, looking out the window Laura Hill playing, it could be so simple Damn, I just can't wait till I get on What the hell is taking so long? I wish I had a girl by my side I wish I had a brand new ride I wish I had a light I wish I had a private flight I wish I born a star sometime I wish I had a right I wish I had the finer things I wish it wasn't so Cobain I wish I had you Shit And I wish I wasn't stuck on Central Just so good at being in trouble Spending my days out in the ghetto Papa say that I need to be careful Heard a nigga just got popped at the Arco Rolls on the hostro, junkies on Narcos Long Beach, Compton, Watts to South Central Damn, I just can't wait till I get home That's when the cop had pulled me over I wish I had a girl by my side I wish I had a brand new ride I wish I had a light I wish I had a private flight I wish I born a star sometime I wish I had a right I wish I had the finer things I wish it wasn't so Cobain I wish I had you Shit And I wish I wasn't stuck on Central I wish I was in control Really wish I wasn't stuck on Central I still got so far to go Yeah mm. Won't be stuck here not for long Just hold on, hold on Work late nights and early mornings I'm on it, I'm on it Trouble on Central with the homies Oh no, oh no Pretty soon we gon' take control Just wait on it, wait on it